Opinions unqualified. I think Khan did it better, better last week, but that's okay. Uh, welcome to Opinions Unqualified, um, your podcast that you want to hear, but you don't really want to hear. We're still working that out. Uh, we're very happy to be here. I have Sam here with me. How's everyone going? Um, and we have a very, very special guest today. Um, he's an English lad, full of charisma, uh, Muay fighter, boxing champion, uh, beatbox extraordinaire. I just made that bit up. Um, very well-traveled, very articulate. Um, I do have to say there could, could potentially be some uh, swear words in this episode. So um, if you are a little sensitive um, to extended language, I would, um, I would just be really careful. Um, I'd love to uh, welcome Devo. Welcome, mate. Thank you. Thank you for having me, guys. Much appreciated. Very, very happy to have you. Um, so we might as well get into it because that's our style. We just get that's straight good. into it. Um, you've listened to our podcast. I have. And thoroughly enjoyed it. That's good. That's what we want to hear. Um, if you were to do one thing to, to help us improve our podcast, what would it be? Um, I do think um, a little bit more research perhaps going forward. I it's think, called um, Opinions on Opinions, but I, again, there was a few too many pauses. I could, hear the, I could hear the thinking, I could hear the brain cells going, you know, certainly running over what topics are being discussed in the uh, interim would, would go missing between each podcast, but uh, I'm sure that's something that you guys have been working on. Yeah, well, we have. professional, so I'd expect nothing less. That's why we are Opinions Unqualified, isn't it? Um, Dave, I'm going to go straight into it. Yes. Um, how did you weasel yourself into the podcast on the uh, second episode? Um, well, basically, I'll explain how I know Charles. He is the brother-in-law of one of my best mates. So we've known each other a good few years now. And um, I've just had a new daughter who happens to share the name of Charles's third-born's middle name. Second-born. Second-born. Second yep. yep. That was an intricate one. Yep. Um, Do your research. Touche. And... Um, <laughs> Yeah, we were discussing podcasts. I said I was a big fan of the podcast idea. I mentioned that you two are doing it, and uh, I managed to get myself an invite. Well, we're really, really happy to have you here. Um, probably the, the number one most important thing, and I'm going to put it off the bat, is is underwear etiquette when it comes to, to COVID-19 and being at home. I understand that you've been home for a probably more extended period than others I, because of circumstance. I have, yeah. For one reason, I've spent about the last six or seven weeks locked in. I've not had corona, by the way, but... Uh, yeah, um, I think it varies. Personally, varies on company and what you're what you're actually wearing. So, tracky bottoms, no go. You don't need you don't need a you don't need any underwear for those. Shorts, it's probably frowned upon going without, depending on how baggy they are. Jeans, purely for your own comfort. But um, yeah, I think certainly going out and about. Yeah, if you're comfortable with who you are, you no, know, not needed. And I did have to question on last week's about going into your mate's pool without boxer shorts on. That is poor etiquette. Well, we got nothing to hide. We? If all... the option was taking your boxer shorts off to go swimming nude or simply going commando afterwards, I think you go commando afterwards. You don't uh, maybe one-on-one -on -one in a hot tub with a nice girl. It's okay to be with that, but... When it's just the group, all the lads, and you're all in there naked, no, no, that's. Uh... Oh, we got we got the swimmers on. That's all right. Oh dear. There's enough material there to you know. Oh, to me, I thought it was just purely 
purely naked. That's the, oh, no. that's the impression <laughs> no, I picked up on last week. That's why I was uh, <laughs> better, better get that. slightly wary of uh, what you were saying. Can I just get that cleared up, please? Um, I do swim with swimmers on. Just sometimes I free ball underneath. Oh, that's fine. That's that's absolutely fine. No, I thought it was a whole group of um, blokes just having a good old splash around. So that was uh, the impression I got. So talking about Roman bars. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think, I think we've cleared that up at this point. I think my point was that when you're swimming, you've got swimmers on, you don't have underwear underneath. Oh, no, um, no, I don't wear underwear underneath my, uh, my Speedos, no. Yeah. So um, probably the last thing when it comes to, to underwear, and we're becoming underwear specialists actually, so we probably won't be able to talk about them for long because we'd be qualified, um, is how, on average how many days a week during this pandemic have you worn underwear? So it, it sounds obviously 100% of the time. Um, Devo, what, what would you... Um, well, day-wise, just because of, sort of the varying activities, a proportion of every day. However, it's certainly not 100% of every day. So yeah, leaving the house or having to meet in-laws or more recently doctors and midwives and uh, obstetricians, I feel going commandos <laughs> frowned upon. So yeah, I'd say forty to fifty percent of the time I'm a uh, I'm covered down the line. Well, you hear our TV walking into the doctor's <laughs> surgery with his brand new baby rose. <laughs> yeah, it was a lack of underwear that got me into that mess. So uh, I feel. Underwear might certainly help me get out. That's, um, I'll just take the next one, Sam. Sorry. Um, so, we're talking about clothing, what's in your pocket, Devo? What did you well, I've, um, I have just come straight from home. So, my. The contents pocket, of your pocket. The contents pocket. of my pockets were the standard phone, wallet, keys combo, and then approximately 15 to 20 dog poo bags. <laughs> is that for yourself or for the dog? Because I don't see it's a dog around for, here. It's actually for neither. Um, because of the whole COVID thing, you know, money can be a little bit tight. And um, I've learned that nappy bags are in fact a thing. And essentially, there are no diff- they're no different to dog bags. So, um, yeah, having to change a lot of nappies recently, I simply use a dog bag, dog poo bag to... Uh, Throw the nappies in afterwards. Are they cheaper than nappy bags? Yeah, they're free. They're down the park. You can just nick them down the park. <laughs> so, uh, these, this podcast is actually sponsored by Canning Vale Council. <laughs> so, uh, the town of Canning, we've got to say thank you for these. Just, yeah, the, town of, uh, the, the council over there, uh, if you see a, a man running around stealing bags with no dog, you know who it is now. Yeah. Um, Devo, so since you've been in for uh, six or seven weeks on ISO, What's taken up the majority of your time? Probably can't say that on this particular podcast, but um, when I'm not giving that muscle a workout, I've been demolishing through <laughs> the Sopranos. Um, I think I watched the first series, it took me two days. That was 13 hours well spent. Wow. Um, a lot of TV, um, a lot of listening to podcasts, and pretty much rinse and repeat from there. It's not been a, that was the first sort of three weeks and then the last three weeks have been um, caring for a newborn. Baby duties. Which has been um, those without children, a lot of screaming and shouting and turns out the babies cry as well. So it's been been fun, it's been emotional. All right, we had a very lovely man by the name of Wayne hit us up on Facebook with a little uh, topic of discussion 
going on about how uh, Darwin is apparently going to be opening up their bars, pubs, restaurants, all that business. Um, and it kind of gave us to the discussion of what's going on in Perth. And um, recently, I think our restrictions have been let off a little bit or there's definitely talks about it. Um, there's talks of the COVID-19 app uh, I have downloaded. I think Nixie's downloaded it. Have I you? Have. Yep, definitely. I have as well. Um, just on that note, it has made me laugh. A lot of people are reluctant because they feel that it's you know invasion of privacy and they're going to be monitored everywhere they go. Yet these are the same people who simply have iPhones, which has location services, has Facebook, which monitors everything you do, and pretty much every other part app you have that monitors every conversation you ever have on your phone. Yeah, I know. I think that's hilarious. I, I find the same thing is that people are saying, oh, it's my, you're on Facebook and you're whinging on Facebook. So they know where you are. Like they've got access to everything you have anyway. And the, the number one most vital thing for me when it comes to downloading the app, it means I can go to the pub sooner. So for me, it's very, very important that you download this app. Everyone gets on the app so that Nixie can go to the pub. Yeah, well, like you guys said, I mean, you're getting followed no matter what app you've got, what phone you've got, you're you're going to be followed by the government. And what you have to hide. If you think that uh, spreading a virus is more important <laughs> than uh, you having your uh, personal details taken, <laughs> you must be a pretty dodgy person if you ask me. Yeah. Um, so talking about um, those restrictions being lifted, so you're able to get out with 10 people. Now, as long as you stay within the social distancing uh, rules and the contact rules, um, you know, you're, you're allowed to do that. And the word is that from this week, there's going to be another cabinet meeting discussing. Um, so I think WA's done a fantastic job of, of really um, following the rules. And um, I think we won't be surprised if things start opening sooner rather than later. Um, just a quick question, though, about that. So when pubs open, and I'll ask you both this, when pubs open, would you prefer like a soft opening? So where people can come in and buy a meal and they can get a drink if they have a meal or just balls to the wall, doesn't matter. You can come in, you can rock up at 10 a.m. and drink all day and, and just be pubbing like we, we used to pub. So I'll go with you, Debo, first. Um, I think both have got the merits. I think the soft opening might be good twofold. One if there is to be sort of a second wave of infections, um, you know, we'd be able to monitor a lot easier. And from a more personal point of view, saying, you know, large groups of 10, it does mean I've got to find another six mates before I can go out. Um, but I do think, yeah, allowing everyone to go out at once would just be chaotic, but it would certainly be better for everyone in hospitality, you know, getting the jobs back, getting work, getting money pumping back into that industry. Um, you know, I don't think people quite see it as, people don't understand it's not just the big businesses who are suffering. A lot of this is, a, you know, people behind the bar who are struggling to pay the rent now and, you know, your average Joes, your average Joes, your, you know, people working in the kitchen, people working in the you know, people who come in after after the hours and clean, and you know, it's affecting a lot of people. This, so the sooner it is back open safely, the better. Yeah, Sam. Um, selfishly, yes. I'd I'd love just balls to the wall. Um, I can't wait to go on a Friday to next Friday bender. Um, but I mean, 
probably you probably want to go a little bit easier on the uh, introduction to all that kind of stuff but I mean I'm going to be selfish about it as much as people probably don't like it but whenever the all clear has been given I reckon we should just be open it all up and then you know and everyone just wash their hands and use a little bit of hand sanitizer and be careful with what you do and for me one thing that's missing is the pub isn't just about getting smashed it's about it's the safe place where blokes can go to chat and i know a lot of my mates will go to the pub so that we can drink we can get stuff off our chest it's not so much if we've got big problems but just the small stuff that you need to get out and in the open and i think a lot of blokes especially are struggling at the moment because they don't have that outlet well look at me and nixie right now we've got a podcast mm. now because the pubs are closed so <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> so yeah there's obviously some benefits but um yeah i certainly think from a sort of mental health aspect the importance of the pub in itself is uh, becoming more apparent yeah so and you've worked in hospitality for a, for a long period of time um yeah. You've been very generous with me at some certain points, which I That's, really, uh, really appreciate. Thank you very much. Um, so, talking about that, like we had, a, we've had conversations in the past, and I'd love to get this uh, get this down on on tape. But um, Sam, Sam is an avid cruiser drinker. So, and Sam gets a little bit of grief. From the boys. To be honest, um, I think that's. I'm just going to interrupt. Sorry to interrupt. That's that is actually out of order. I think a little bit of grief is uncalled for. <laughs> I think if you're out with me, my mates, it would have been a lot of grief. I I'd think, cop it. Uh, yeah, you're getting away very lightly there. So um, yeah, so he cops, he cops the grief or whatever that you've been in the industry. So like, I'd, I'd love to hear like a story or two, um, and just your your experiences that the most, we'll say, feminine drinks that you've had men men order. I mean, as a rule, when behind a bar, any bloke ordering a cocktail is frowned upon. So that's, that's me every just time. How then. it is, and I think as a, you know, one particular uh, moment stands out of a lovely young couple. You know, the man, fairly solidly built, tattoos, something not scary, but certainly intimidating looking, and as a rather pretty petite young wife or partner coming to the bar and the young girl asking for a pint of Stella and a Bacardi Coke, to which I replied, oh, would you like a, a slice of lemon in your Bacardi? And she turned around to her husband and says, would you like a slice of lemon in that, love? <laughs> which is, uh, yeah, not, not what I was expecting, but it's not out of the ordinary that we get instances like that. So let's say I, uh, I've walked up to the bar um, and I've ordered a Long Island iced tea. Am I getting frowned upon? Um, if it was me, you'd probably be waiting a bit longer. I'd have to wait to get somebody else to serve you, just on a personal rule I have. Um, <laughs> cocktails are a poor like to make, and um, as a general rule, I only try to do it for the pretty girls. That's fair enough. Um, but yes, you would be frowned upon by everyone, unless it's a specific cocktail bar. People don't tend to uh, don't tend to enjoy making cocktails. I think that the other thing is like when you're talking about sort of ordering something. So say the kitchen closes at nine and I walk in at 8.47 or eight, say 8.55, so five minutes beforehand and I order food. Do the bar staff get pissed off or they don't really care because it's the kitchen that have to deal with it? Oh, everyone. Everyone in the venue is pissed off right there. Yeah. Um, the bar staff are pissed off because that's the point where they're looking at winding down and starting to have a bit of a tidy up. Kitchen staff are doing the same. 
they probably already have on their second pint by this point. Um, head chef, I won't mention his name, but the current venue I work would be calling you several four-letter names under the sun right now. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, it, it, that that's if you especially on a quiet night, that order alone would drag everyone else out another 15, 20 minutes, and uh, yeah, you would not be a Popular you would not be given given yeah. the best treatment. So talking about treatment, and then I'm on a little tangent here. I like this. What's the worst thing you've heard kitchen staff do to someone's meal? <laughs> I'm not going to at all specify which. Uh, no, don't tell us where yeah. you know, <laughs> or when about. Um, but I've been invited into a kitchen once to, um, well, several of us exposed ourselves and rubbed our genitalia on a customer's plate um, and on his chicken palm before uh, it was politely plated and um, taken out because they'd complained so many times. And I do know that. For example, we've had um, a couple of instances where people, specifically men, have come in with their new girlfriends and had to be served by their ex-girlfriends who are working in the restaurants. Ooh. And uh, yeah, the food they've got perhaps wouldn't be passed by the health inspector had they uh, yeah. known what was happening. Is that like the bravest dude you've ever heard about, Sam? Like, you're going to take your new girlfriend <laughs> to where your ex-girlfriend or the dumbest. Is it the bravest or the dumbest? It's got to be dumbest, right? you got to do your research before you oh, got to I mean, yeah, it's not the smartest thing, is it? Yeah, no, I, yeah I, can't, I can't condone that sort of activity. So you guys that are doing that, you've really got to have a look at yourselves. You I know? do think as a general rule, it's good to be polite anyway, but bear in mind... Anyone who works in hospitality has access to plates, glasses, straws that you will be using. It certainly pays maybe just to leave your changes a tip and always give them a please and thank <laughs> you. That goes a long way. So that's good advice from Devo. So make sure you write that stuff down. Next time you're out, leave the change um, and, and be polite. Um, I'm going to go back a couple of steps because we, we kind of ventured off from the girly drinks conversation there uh, i just wanted to give the mad yui's 95 a shout out uh on instagram he replied to one of our uh, uh little instagram stories and he asked us what the best cruiser flavor is he said he's a watermelon man himself nixie i know that you don't really i mean you probably would have a cruiser but you're not as experienced as me yeah so what i'll probably need from you to start with is what the flavors are because I don't really drink the cruise. I do owe you one cruise yeah, away because you, you got your microphone before me and I've got a skull one. That was one of our challenges that we, we didn't put up, but I lost. Um, so I need the flavors first. And if you don't know them, I'm sure Devo knows them. Um, yes. And then I'll tell you what I, I feel like would be the best and you can maybe tell me if I'm right or if I'm wrong. All right, yeah, this is going to test my knowledge out. Uh, so you got a guava, you got a watermelon, you got a pineapple, you got a lemon lime, and you got a raspberry. I'm just going to inject, they've also come out with a zero sugar one, which I believe is raspberry flavour itself. But just if you really wanted to sort of, you know, knock any last remaining masculinity out and ask for your cruiser to have zero sugar, the option is there now. Oh, well. I thought half the reason for a cruiser is because it's a sugary drink, you know. <laughs> that's the... Well, I think that's why well, you drink. I think for me, the most sort of enticing one is guava. I think guava would be guava would be the business. Yeah. For me, the reason being is that, you know, 
we've all had lemon and lime flavored stuff and you know we on occasions we'll pick a lemon have a drink and eat it you know raspberry roll eat um watermelon not an uncommon snack i can honestly say it's very rare that i say hmm, looking in the fridge i've got my my flake my boost I've got maybe like last night's takeaway. No, you know what? I'm going to help myself to this guava. <laughs> so I think, you know, the novelty of being able to have anything guava flavoured is always a, always a bonus. All right. So so you're the, you're actually an expert on this, so. Well, low-key, low-key, you know. Um, I do enjoy a cruiser. I'm not going to lie. Um, the best one I'm going to have to say is guava. It is guava. Um, watermelon can get kind of on the sweet side. For a sugary drink, it just feels like if you have a couple too many of those, you're definitely tasting sugar. While I think guava, you can kind of, you can probably have a couple more without feeling like you're just drinking tablespoons of sugar. Um, pineapple's a good changer. Pineapple's a good changer. Um, but you know, if you don't like pineapple, you're probably not gonna, um, can I, sorry to just slightly change the subject, and one of my very good friends is very passionate about this subject. Pineapple on pizza, yes or no? Yes. Yes. I agree, yes. Yes. Just for Ranga, when I forced him to listen, he's no, and he is passionate. I've never seen a man more passionate about anything. Than no pineapple than on no pizza. no pineapple, until not... eventually we had our Christmas drink session and we forced him literally forced him into eating a pineapple on the pizza and it's probably still scars him to this day. I'm I'm not a fussy eater, so No. Yeah. I, think, like, I like pineapple. I personally yeah, I'm, I reckon, I'm I'm a fan, yeah. I love a good Hawaiian pizza in Absolutely. summer, you know, when it's a little bit too hot, you don't really want a, a meat lovers or something like that. You just wanna have a little bit of refreshing uh pineapple on top, you know? Yeah. And get the Hawaiian pizza. It's I like it. So I think Ranga, take a good hard look at yourself, mate. Pineapple at least belongs on pizza. And I'm sure we're going to have some feedback on that. So what I'd love is we'll probably do a poll this week. This week's poll will be, does pineapple deserve to be on pizza? Yes or no. Yeah, yes or I like no. that. Yeah. Yeah. Smash yeah. that out. So we will, we will get unqualified opinions from the masses and you know we'll, we'll, we'll solve this, this dilemma. We'll call it a dilemma. Yeah, it is a bit of... If you're not... Yeah, I mean... Hopefully it's a hundred percent to zero, except for maybe Ranga. He might be one percent. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we had Keegstagram um, contact us. Um, I think it was on Instagram, Sam. Instagram it was. Yeah. So yeah. Keegstagram on Instagram. It's a clever name. Um, basically, ask us: Is Kim Jong Un really dead? Now, this is the first I've actually even heard of that. So I didn't even hear that he was dead. Um, up until you came in and said, oh, we had someone hit us up with, you know, is he dead? So I, I have no idea, but I'm going to give you my opinion because that's what this is all about. Um, once I'm a little bit more educated from, from our two, two other hosts on tonight. So, um, Sam. All right. Um, so I've done zero research on this as well, um, hence why we're opinions unqualified. Um, look, I'm going to go out on a limb. I reckon he's had enough of his dictatorship. He was a dictator, right? Yes. North Korea? That's the one, yeah. All right, see, so I reckon he's had enough. He doesn't want to get, because usually they get overthrown or something like that, don't they? So he said, I don't want to do that. I've got enough money. I can rule enough people. I'm just going to go to some deserted island that's livable, quite nice, take like 20 people that 
are going to listen to me and just kind of just live an island life. Okay. Interesting. Interesting theory. That's, yeah. Devo, what are you, um, what's your thoughts on Kim Jong-un actually being dead? I think, uh, I, mean, I do think anything to do with North Korea has to be taken with a pinch of salt. It's, uh, you know, I think some of the stories you heard, especially about his dad, were fantastic. You know, first time he played golf, he hit 19 hole-in-ones. <laughs> um, you know, when he was born, a new star appeared in the sky. I, you, you've got to give him, I, you know, I don't agree with the tyrannical dictatorship, but I do a kind of applaud the uh, way they just go about, you know what, fuck it, we're going to go and say this happens and then run with it. You know, I respect the fact that they've got the arrogance to go and do that and and stick with it. Um, no, I don't think he's dead. I think he's a, you know, I know he doesn't live the healthiest lifestyle. I think he's probably just had a bit of work done and uh, probably sitting himself, taking a break, getting away from COVID. You know, I know that uh, North Korea is actually statistically doing very well with COVID. They've not had any confirmed cases. But you've also got to understand that they've also not done any testing. So there's a fair chance they've, uh, they're, they're absolutely ravaged with it right now. Um, no, I don't think he's a, I don't think he's dead, but I do think he's probably just having a bit of a break and, uh, you know, building his nuclear warheads and getting ready for his next meeting with Trump, probably injecting some disinfectant to stay healthy. So uh, talking about Trump, I saw, you know, the face mergers where you put two people together. Um, it wasn't like a face merge. It was a hair transplant. So Donald Trump's hair on Kim Jong-un's head. Amazing. And it was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. Um, but I'm probably, I'm probably on that sort of path as well. But I actually think that he's gone to Cuba because, you know, there's the, the, yeah, yeah, obviously, obviously big fat, fat Cuban cigar. He's just sitting back getting served, waiting for like sort of served on sort of every minute of the day, you know, enjoying life and, you know, well, good on him. He's, he's earned that right really, hasn't he? You know, he's, he's dictated for, you know, all these years and. You know, sometimes everyone needs a holiday. <laughs> everyone needs, even, even Kim Jong-un needs a holiday. Even so. the worst of people need a yeah. holiday sometimes. So, I can't imagine North Korea having the best uh, destinations. I don't think it's probably a quite surface paradise on the coast of uh, North Korea. So well, if you want to go skiing, it might be all right. I think we'll, yeah. Have you got skiing there? I would do, yeah. yeah it's be cold and be snowing, and you know, I, I reckon. Um, so talk, we'll probably do a whole show on conspiracy theories, but let's just go down the path of like just one... One conspiracy theory each that we've heard that we think, you know, is either hilarious or we, we believe it. Like, I, I doubt many of us are believing some of these things that come out. But one conspiracy theory, Sam, what have you heard? Um, all right. Well, to be honest with you, I don't really know many. So I'm just going to go off the top of my head and hit with what's uh, gone with us recently with this uh, COVID business. Um, as sick of it as I am of talking about it, hearing about it. Um is that it's just a uh, population cull. Uh, obviously, when you go into the hospital with COVID, you you are allowed to uh, have any visitors or anything like that. So pretty much just gives the uh, hospital their free reign, I guess, to say. Um, so yeah, that's a kind of conspiracy theory I've heard. So obviously, like you know, the bigger, most more populated uh, countries and stuff have seemed to be hit by more. So whether that's a uh, 
I don't know, but you know, it's basic mathematics. <laughs> to be honest, like, like there's more people, there's more contact, there's going to be more cases. Hey, who knows? Who knows? You know. But yeah, that's that's my conspiracy theory. That's it's probably not the best one, but you know, that's what I've got. That's all right, Debo. Um, I know we were talking off now about one, but one of my particular favourites was when I was about nineteen twenty dating a girl who once asked me with full sincerity, "Can you believe that some people still think that we went to the moon?" So I replied, yes, yes, I can. <laughs> Needless to say, that relationship didn't last long. But, uh, yeah, anything regarding the moon is a uh, moon and flat earthers. Flat earthers for me are fantastic. Yeah. I absolutely love them. And I love the reasoning of whenever they're given evidence, most of which is actually fairly conclusive, they simply reply, fake news. <laughs> and I thought, well, yeah, you can prove anything with that. So, uh, yeah, I do, I do. I like their way of thinking. I actually, I actually like the conspiracy theories about celebrities not being dead. So it's sort of on the line with Kim Jong Un, but like Elvis, you know, for oh. so many years, so many Elvis is still alive. Elvis is still alive. Elvis is still alive. And the conspiracy theory about Michael Jackson actually still being alive as well, trying to get away from you know all of those charges and things have that people you, were saying. Have you heard the Paul McCartney one? No, of, no. Oh, this is a classic. Um, Paul McCartney was killed very young and the Beatles replaced him with a Paul McCartney lookalike because they didn't want thousands of screaming young girls to kill themselves and the current Paul McCartney is in fact an imposter. <laughs> you, uh, give it a Google and there is plenty on the internet all about the fake Paul McCartney. I love it that. It is fantastic. I love that. I, I am going to Google that. That's, I'm all about that. Yeah, I'm definitely all about that. All right, so talking about our point system now, um, or our rating system, um, we are going to finalise that in in today's pod because uh, I think that's something that we are definitely going to be uh, doing soon with all these restrictions kind of lifting off a little bit and me and Nixie can stand 1.5 metres away while we're having a coffee down by the beach or something like that. So we're, uh, we're going to discuss... Uh, thought process, justification, and taking into consideration the few people that are engaged with us on the uh, social media. And, um, and yeah, we're gonna, by the end of this, we'll have a, a rating system that we're going to go off. Yep. Um, so we have Devo here, who's a self-proclaimed rating expert. Um, I put them words in his mouth. Um, and I'm actually really interested in, he's listened to the podcast, his thoughts on on obviously the Synexies. I think the Synexies is the go. I don't think we're going to waver off of them, to be, to be honest. I think they're definitely um, keepers. Um, and then uh, just what you would rate it out of and, and the reasons why you'd rate it out of that. Um, so then I think that, that will actually impact um, our decision uh, because we're, we're those sort of guys. We take all the information in, we research everything we do, <laughs> and then we make decisions and we state our opinions off of that, yeah. which we all know is bullshit. But there now, you go. This, I'm going to have to... Cut back to my youth, my younger days. You don't judge me. Um, but a particular friend of mine in England and I used to uh, rate girls. You know, much like in the same way that Facebook started, our uh, endeavours didn't quite lead us uh, to as much uh, fruition. But however, um, we would point out that you know a simple rating out of 10 was more than adequate but using the decimal point as you guys discussed last week but you know rating for example a girl a five out of ten is actually a very good score because it's an average score 
therefore an average girl and you know people throw out or oh, a nine out of ten or a ten out of ten far too loosely because i think you know in one's lifetime you're realistically only ever going to meet one maybe two ten or ten out of tens nine out of tens and it depends how many beers i've had <laughs> well that's it you know the beer to uh it goes back to the old adage how do you turn a dog into a fox Hmm. About eight pints. Yeah. Um, anyway, moving on from that, um, you know, so if we would, for example, rate a girl a six point five, she might be offended. When in reality, she's actually doing very well, considering there's only probably four or five percent of all females on earth might rate in the upper, you know, that upper percentile. So, um, of you know, maybe a nine out of ten. None of whom were really realistically going to meet. So six out of five, six sorry, six point five out of ten is a very high rating. So I do think you saying using like the four points to system last week. You know, if I was to go and have a chicken parmy say, and it was exceptional, memorable, giving it a four out of four would be something that would be spoken about down the pub for the ages. However, just going somewhere average and giving it a two might be. Like, actually a bit of a low score so that was my uh my questioning regarding your four point score and your six point scores last week you know i think scoring out four is fine but you need more than just the four the, the point fives i think you can give something you know a 3.7 or a, a 3.1 you've got to be slightly more varied and and that's what where you're using the decimals come in here yeah. so it's got to be more than half half yeah. a point it's got to be a 0.25, a 0.75, and you know, all the 0.6. There's a lot of variations as well. For example, you know, much like the recent debates of what's the best beer, is the best beer the one after you've just made the lawn, or is it the one as you're cooking a barbecue, or is it the one before a big footy game with the boys? You know, the best, using the palmy as the example, might be the one where the first one after the pubs have reopened and we've all gone down the greenwood and cracked open or you know been given a poured pint of swan and had our first pub palmy that's the best palmy doesn't initially make it the best one it's simply the context which it was in mm. so that'd be given a four out of four or a six out of six but based on the context rather than the quality rather of the, than actual... the quality yeah so sam after hearing that what are you what are you thinking my my thoughts so obviously yeah uh, uh, we're going to need a higher number. Um, I mean, when I said the four, I meant as in, you know, everything that we, there'd be one thing that we rate and that's out of one, you know, point two four. So if we rate four things, then it's out of four. You know what I'm trying to say? But I think a bigger number would probably make it uh, a little bit easier to distinguish between other places and stuff like that. So what you're suggesting is, say we're rating the palmy. Mm-hmm. So we we rate so the cheese, yeah, the tomato sauce that they use, the the chicken, the thickness, yeah, overall taste, you know, and then say we rate the side, you know, that's five things. So we're rating that out of five. So, um, so you say the thickness isn't there, we just don't give it a point. Well, it could well, it depends. So if it's like if it's just terrible, you wouldn't give it a point. But if it's like you know, not bad, you're not going to complain about it, then you might give it a 0.5. But, I mean, also, you know, if they put the palmy on the plate, they've got to be given a bonus point for that. 
pushing on the chips is always a disappointment. Yeah, I'm not a fan yeah. of that. You've True. Got to, and that's the, these are the variables. I do think it's difficult to vote on individual aspects of the uh, of whatever it is you're picking. So clearly four's not enough. No. And six, we're pushing boundaries. Is a hundred too much? So if we say out of a hundred, then we can do a percentage. Because we did have a uh, James did uh, message us on our social media. He said hundred, um, but he's he is an aeronautical engineer, so he knows how to crunch numbers. And I don't think me and Nixie would quite be able to um, figure that out. To be honest, I don't know about you, Nixie, but I. I think I would. Hundred not. seems like a lot. Dude. Yeah, I've no doubt you can both count that high though. I think it's doable. <laughs> yeah. Don't do yourselves a disservice, though, lads. But um, yeah, most other people have said ten on the uh, on the on the Instagram poll that we did. Um, ten with decimal points, I think, could be the future. Ten with decimal points, and then they're going to be Sanixies. Well, definitely Sanixies. Yeah, I mean, we're so, Sanixies. So Sanixies, yeah, out, out of ten, out of eleven, eleven, because we can't. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. We don't want to be a 10, that's too... Well, I think if you go to 11, so like 10, like you've got 10 out of 10, that's good. Yeah. But it's, you can get an 11 out of 10. Oh, right. So yes. if something's like... Just outstanding. Outstanding. The most exceptional thing we've, we've ever experienced, then that's an 11 yeah. out of 10. So we rate out of 10, but we can give out 11. You know what I like about that? Because that's like, I mean, it's gone a bit off the... When you watch a slam dunk contest, mm. and that first guy does that good dunk, and they get a 50... Yeah, and then you can't. You can't have a beat set. Yeah, you can't yeah. get better than that. So I think that's good because if we get a place that's ten out of ten, and then in a couple of weeks' time we go down somewhere else and we just we're blown away. Well, I said scan that perfect chicken parmi, and then the week after you get the perfect chicken parmi, but they give you a free pint of that. So yeah, <laughs> exactly. There's that, there's that point. eleven point. Eleven out of ten has come into play. Eleven out of ten. All right. So I think I think what we we're doing and we've we've locked it in. All right, all in favour of having a ten out of ten rating. Yeah. But the possibility of having eleven out of a ten, say I. 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 All right. Done. So Sarnixis. Yeah. Um, we did have someone. <laughs> uh, it was on our Instagram story. Uh, moulded my luscious locks from back in the day onto Nixie's head. The only problem is that the um the photo editing skills made it more like Nixie's bald head with a mullet on the back of, uh, yeah, like the hair needed to be moved forward on top of Nixie's head, not behind it. I sort of look like Mona Lisa with a beard and glasses. Yeah, so if, I mean, not being disrespectful, but if we could get someone with a little <laughs> bit better photo editing skills. Actually, I'll throw the challenge out there. Nick, thank you for doing that. Um but you need to up your your uh, Microsoft Paint game and get us a bit a better version of a Sonixi. Now we're opening up that up to everyone. Um, so if you, I don't know if we can post that as an Instagram photo up there rather than the like a story. We'll get access to it. We'll put it up there anyway. So check out our Instagram. If you can do a better version of what Nick has put together, um, you'll be our winner. And you know what? We we'll send you out. Uh, we'll send you out something. We're not sure what that is yet, but we're going to find something and we're going to send it to you. And the best thing about it, it could be anything. could be anything at all. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so do that. And talking about, like, sending things out and, and challenges, uh, Devo had a, a fairly interesting idea for a challenge. Um, so 
So yeah, this so week? my challenge for you guys is if you both started off with, and let's just run with a uh, stubby holder, and obviously at this moment in time, my phone's working, everyone's got quite a bit of free time on the hands. So I'm challenging you two with a stubby holder each to see what you can trade your stubby holders for, and in turn, trade the objects that you receive up and up until eventually, well, see how high you can go with it. Let's okay. see how far you can trade, starting with a stubby holder each, into whatever treasure gold you can uh, you can end with. All right. So what we're going to do to make it super fair and super even mm -hmm. is we're going to go and buy the same stubby holder, so the exact same stubby holder, and then when we buy the stubby holder, we'll put a post on Instagram to say we've bought the stubby holders. We have seven days from this point to trade up to. To whatever we can trade it up to. So I think seven days is fair. Do you agree, David? I think so. That yeah, gives yeah. a week in between podcasts to uh, report back with the findings, the winnings next week. Yep. So seven days. How are you going to base the winner? That's my question. Because what happens if one item is worth more, but the other the other item's cooler? So yeah. when we finish, we'll post it on what the oh. seven, seven days or ever. We'll post it on our, our social media, what we've got for within our seven days. So we won't discuss uh, on our next podcast. Um, yeah, so it'll be... It'll, the podcast over, we'll discuss it. So the next podcast, we'll, we'll probably be at a point where we can say what we've got. Yeah. Um, and then we'll have a week to, to discuss uh, and work out who the winner is. And, and that'll be down to to the people, I guess. I like um, it. So yeah, I think I think that's a fantastic challenge. I think, I think we do that. That's a way to get off the bat, I reckon, right there with that challenge. And can't wait to oh. win. All right, so... I've had this conversation with with a number of people over the years, so over a long, long period of time, because I love my music, uh, I listen to a lot of music, um, and I love love. I'm the sort of person that just loves love, like I, I'm a lover of love. Um, so what is the greatest love song ever written? That so, is a good question. The greatest love song ever written. So I've, because I've, I had time to think about this, and I'll give you guys a couple of times to, to think about this. Um, but my greatest love song ever written is Everlong by the Food Fighters. Now, people are like, Everlong by the Food Fighters? What I'd like people to do is sit down and listen to the lyrics. Like, if you don't think, breathe out so I can breathe you in, is one of the greatest lyrics you've ever heard, man, just every single time, breathe out so I can breathe you in. Like, it's... It just for me, it just I think it's one of the most spectacular lines ever, and that song itself is just yeah, just amazing. So, Devo, so I've had two since you mentioned it. I've had two that have stuck out to me now. One of which is my possibly my favourite song of all time, which is um, "Do I Want to Know" by the Arctic Monkeys. Yes, and I think it's something that you know, the ly lyrically, is something we can all. Um, you know, we, we, we've all been there, we all we can all resonate with, and um, it's just you know, it's a ballad and it's about you know, not all love is um, you know, two ways, and you know, it's a struggle that the bloke's going through, and I think we can do that. The other one is, um, and I'm just going to sort of explain myself before I tell you what it is. You know, I think a lot of things people think of the spectrum of love as uh, linear. Personally, I think it's circular. 
and love and hate are actually two very very strong emotions and the opposite of love isn't hate it's apathy mm. and i think uh i can't remember what the song's called it's by Khalees, where she screams i hate you so much right now yes i know the song and i think uh anything that can generate that much emotion that in-depth strong feeling there must have been a lot of love there for it to generate that much and there still probably is a lot of love for her to hate whoever it is that she's talking to at that point i'm not saying it's the greatest but certainly the most emotional for her to go out on record and say and she screams out with, she <laughs> says it with passion you know there's not as many passionate songs where they make the you know the point she's trying to get across as clear yeah wow Okay, well, that's, yeah, well that's, I think that's quite deep and interesting and that's probably a completely different sort of out-of-the-box um, suggestion than, than I would ever have thought, yeah, thought of. So, yeah, I love it, Dino. Yeah, try it. Sammy? Uh, uh, me, I'm going to be quick and there's not too much story time for this. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, mate. <laughs> um, so, Chris Brown, yo. That's all I got. It's a tune. <laughs> it's a tune. All right, so that sort of leaves us into, and I'm going to let Devo, because I've had conversations with Devo this, but I'm going to let Devo lead this conversation because yeah. it's something that, that he's, he's sort of brought to the table. And I'm actually quite interested to see what people think. Now, I've had this recently. We've spent a lot of time listening to the radio, and, you know, I can't argue with that. Chris Brown, excuse me, it, it is a tune. Would you say it's a banger? I'd say it's a tune, it's not, a tune. not a banger. That's fair. And I think the other option for good songs is an anthem which leads to the discussion of what's a tune, what is a banger, and what's an anthem. And I'm just going to kick off here. You know, there's a few songs for me that when I hear it, I just think, oh, that's a tune. And, you know, that can range from Taylor Swift to Arctic Monkeys to Oasis, you know. It doesn't have to be a specific genre. It's just some songs, you hear that, oh, it's a tune. And then there's some that just can kick in a bit more and you think you know what that is an absolute banger that you know and in turn the next step up is something's an anthem and you know for any english listeners three lines song from euro 96 any englishman will hear that and that is an anthem they know what it is and then um more recently Swedish House Mafia and Don't You Worry Child. Yeah. I think that's a song that can sort of almost, you know, personally, I listen to that and that takes me back to living in a specific house with a good group of mates. And it's an anthem that instantly puts me in a certain place. Whereas I wouldn't say, oh, that's a tune. So yeah, you know, it's, it's beyond that. It's the next step up. Yeah. You, you go, Sam. All right. Um, banger is a headbanger you know you get the energy the energy's there you hear it you hear those first couple first five seconds and you're just like yeah this is a banger like i love this song tune a tune is a little bit more low-key it's not quite a headbanger it's kind of a little bit more mellow um and then anthems to be honest with you i don't really ever mention an anthem too much mm. um it kind of brings me more to like the electronic music of kind of a few years back, you know, uh, where you'd kind of get the massive ballad kind of things and that would be the anthem, but that's my uh, take on it all. Okay, well, I, feel, I feel like a tune is something that sort of grabs you. So you're there, 
and you listen to it, it grabs you and you're like, yeah, that's, I like that. That's a tune. That's a tune. I like that. Um, whereas, whereas a banger is something that you, you dive in. Like, so rather than being grabbed, you're actually diving in to the song and being sort of, you know, you know, swimming, swimming in its glory. Um, it's something that you want to listen to multiple times. Um, whereas a tune you hear on the radio, like, yeah, I like it, but I'm not necessarily going to go to Spotify and then go listen to it. Whereas a banger's like, yeah, that's a banger. I'm going to listen to that again. You know, I've just heard it on the radio. I'm going to listen to it again. You know, I've, I've really drawn to it. Whereas an anthem is, is an experience for me. It's something, yeah. like you said, that, that's taken you, you know, to a place where you've been before. So um, something like Bohemian Rhapsody, you know, it's, that's the sort of song where you can remember where you first heard it, where, where it moved you, um, and where it sort of helped you evolve and change the way you think about certain things. And it's definitely the next level, like you said, Devo, but it's... Uh, you know, it's it's an experience rather than just oh, I want to. Yeah, and I do think you know, obviously it's personal for each for you know every individual, and you know, there's some songs that I listen to that take me back to a certain holiday, and or you know, a certain experience. But the song in particular probably is actually a very average tune, very average song, which is just an anthem for a particular group of mates or a particular group of group of us who had shared that same experience and in turn you probably feel the same way about tunes and bangers you know certain song of a holiday that were played all the time so oh yeah, that was actually a banger from Malia 90 you know 2012 or this you know whereas an anthem really does just define a, an era of your of one's life yeah and I think it's sort of like that shared experience thing like when you're talking about anthems it's you're thinking, and I'm thinking, and again, like it's personal. It's, it's a group of people singing it yeah. together. It's 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 being. It's like being, you know, on a footy trip, and you have that one song where you know you're just playing or on a basketball trip, and you've you've got that one song, and you're just there, and you can remember that in the 2007 season, we went up to Geraldton, we kicked their ass, you know, and that song lived with us for the season because it was, you know, it impacted us so much, and um, it's the the same with you know when you go on a you know like a, a trip you know you go a trip with your mates and you know there's that song and you, you you all have shared memories um and every time it's on the first thing you do is text your, your mate and go man you remember when we were in ibiza and you know we're doing you know this and that and you know Absolutely. it was this song so it reminds you of a place it reminds you of people and, and it's a shared it's shared experience um i feel i think we've got to unlock there I think yeah you've given a pretty good uh explanation of what we think and i think all, uh, although kind of different, it all kind of intertwines together as well, all of our thoughts. Yeah. So um, that's all we have time for on today's pod. Uh, thank you for taking the time to, to listen to us. Um, we, we love the interaction. We want people sharing, um, getting involved, getting on our socials. And, and, you know, we've said this for quite openly. If you feel like you're an avid uh, podcaster and you want to come on the show, um, hit us up. We, uh, we, we embrace people. We embrace, we embrace the love. Um, thank you, Devo, uh, for taking the time to be with us. We'd love thank to have you, you again. Me. Thank you. Um, you got a closing statement for us? Well, that's certainly put me on the spot. Um, <laughs> just be good. And if you can't be good, be good at it. Awesome. And uh, Sam, close us off, baby. Uh, take it easy. <laughs>